Friend Request is all about storytelling, and that's why this week we are proud to be sponsored by Jay Schiffman. Each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined, and that doesn't even include other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. That's where Jay Schiffman comes in. Jay is a vulnerable storyteller and stigma-destroying speaker, podcaster, and event host with a BA in psychology and numerous certificates in mental health. His story of struggle is familiar to millions of people all over the world who also struggle with mental health, substance misuse, and addiction. Now in long-term recovery, it's Jay's mission to encourage difficult conversations and honest education concerning these and similar struggles. This passion led Jay to create the Choose Your Struggle podcast, as well as the narrative series Rock Bottom Storyteller and A Day in the Life. Jay is a fervent believer in radical honesty and the fact that neither struggle nor recovery should be treated as a one-size-fits-all experience. Jay uses his voice and his platforms to educate, entertain, and empower. You can find out more about what Jay does, hear about his long-term recovery, how he survived two suicide attempts, an overdose, and even more at jayshiffman.com. That's J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N.com. Or find him and his podcast, Choose Your Struggle, on all social media platforms at jayshiffman. Remember, listeners, when you support our sponsors, you support our show, and I can't think of a better subject matter to get behind. Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 65 with my friend, Emily. I am so excited that we finally got to do this. I've been uh, in communication with Emily on and off for a little while now, and uh, she randomly messaged me one night and said, okay, let's do it. And I was so excited. I didn't even ask why at the time. I didn't want to scare her off or anything. And I'm so glad that this went through. Emily is uh, an amazing person that's gone through a whole bunch of stuff. And, and I knew about some of it. And some of it, as you'll hear right in the beginning, there is is quite a surprise to me and uh, how she's come out of it with the outlook she has and uh, the demeanor. I mean, everything is, is really remarkable. And I, I love that I got to talk to her and learn more about her. And I guarantee you guys are going to love it too. So I'm not going to hold you back any longer. It's such a great episode. This is my interview with Emily. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you in a long, long time. Like, how long do you think? Oh, my God. Uh, have I seen how you since we? high school? I don't think so. <laughs> 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. 20 years. Yeah. You are uh, you were, what, 2002? Three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're not too far behind. <laughs> not too far. Not as old as you. But. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking down the barrel of 40, closer than 35 or... That's true, yeah. Very sad. Uh, <laughs> this month I turned 38, so... Okay. Bummer. Happy uh, early birthday. I guess. <laughs> no, I really... It's funny, I don't care. I don't know when I stopped caring, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't care either. I don't, like, look longingly back at the younger years oh no i look at my younger years and i'm like oh god i'm so glad that i like you know <laughs> so many just terrible terrible decisions right. don't get me wrong bunch of fun lots of fun oh, yeah. lots <laughs> but, of fun. uh but yeah no it's a wonder i'm not uh dead today so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well thank you so much for doing this yeah I, i'm super excited about it i was really i was happy when i got your 
uh, ominous message that's <laughs> which uh, I'll, I'll address at some point um, and I, I normally start out with how I know people and yeah I don't know exactly when we met I believe I don't it was because uh, you were hanging out with Lauren and Marla and it was just I saw you guys all the time because I was hanging out with Chad all the yep. time I think that's my best what it friend was. and yeah <laughs> and then we were all in high school together yeah and uh the, re- the rest right. is history <laughs> yeah. so so but it's funny you know other than uh social media which like this podcast is kind of born off of i don't know a bunch about you and obviously there's some some personal struggles and stuff that you've gone through that i do know about because of social media right um, so uh, i'm excited to kind of find out more and and dive in and yeah. and i have i have a billion questions that i'm sure i will try to did you write to, them down? I wrote beforehand? one question down. Or just that, one question. Is that freaky? I know I have a couple topics and then I wrote one question because <laughs> I was like, well, because I'll plan this ahead of time and be like, oh, I'm going to ask about this, this and this. And right. then, uh, you know, I make this as conversational as possible. So yeah, I will so forget about all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I did write one question down, which okay. I assume we'll get to organically anyway. So I'll just. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I know you or don't know you that much. So. Yep. I have a million beginning questions, which the first of which, do you have siblings? I do. Um, both older. Okay. So Amy, she's now Amy Peterson. Um, she's and what's seven her years social older security than... number? Yes. <laughs> her address is. Um, and then my brother, Nick. And I think maybe he maybe graduated with your brother. I don't know. He's like five years older than me. So... So you're the you're the baby of the family, huh? I'm the baby. <laughs> what was yeah. that like uh, growing up? Were you? Is it? Did you follow the stereotypes of that? I mean, I'm the youngest, and I feel like I got away with more stuff because my my siblings oh. paved the way. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> got away with more stuff. Um, but I also think there was so much time between my sister and me that it kind of started over. So I was like, also had some of the responsible first child things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, how, how old is your, how much older is your sister? She's seven years older than me. Okay. So then your brother, then you. Yeah. Gotcha. So you, you weren't in school with your siblings at any point. Mm -mm. Nope. I just, just missed my brother. Yeah. I think he like graduated and then I got to high school. So what, uh, what did mom and dad do when you were born? What did they do? Like Like for work and yeah. Um, well I was born in California. Oh, actually. My parents moved out there so that my dad could work um, year-round because he did landscaping. Okay. And um, so I was born out there, but then they moved back to Michigan when I was like seven months old. Um, what a perfect excuse to move to California. Like, I know. Well, I gotta... Yeah. Ever since I could talk, I was like, I got to go back. Why are we in Michigan? I don't understand. Yeah. I, do. so. I just like the landscaping idea. Like, well, you know. I can't do anything else but this, so we better move right. to California. <laughs> yeah. Yes, do that. Yeah, That's and my awesome. um, my mom's always been a teacher. I think she took some time off when she was ha- having us kids, but then she ended up teaching at like Oakland Community College and okay. running the tutoring department and oh stuff. Oh my god! Did I have your? Did she still teach like twenty years ago? Did I have your mom as a teacher? Probably. <laughs> I mean, she did like a study skills class. It wasn't oh, okay. like yeah. It was just like an intro type of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you said you're seven months old and they moved to Michigan? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so you... back to Michigan because yeah. they had lived there and then they went there and came back. Were your siblings born in Michigan or California? My brother was. My sister okay. was not. So she was a kid when they moved out to Cali and then had my brother, had me, and moved back. Fun. Fun. What part of yeah. California? San Diego. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. They were just in it to win it, man. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And I, I had no idea why they moved back to Michigan, but. Yeah, every every winter I wonder that same thing. So back in Michigan, my uh, dad continues landscaping stuff. Yeah, he um, owned his own business eventually doing underground sprinklers. Oh, cool. So okay. he did a lot in Clarkston. I'm going to call yes. him because. <laughs> well, he, he sold his company to one of the guys that worked for him for many years. So oh, it's nice. still in good hands. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's that like growing up? I imagine you got to see him a lot more than your mom if she was teaching. Um, like to uh, be honest, he he was he worked a lot out of the house, and then during the winter he would do snow plowing and stuff. So yeah. he was um, he was always busy. And when my mom my mom taught one time at like a place that had a daycare in it, so she would bring me to work with her. Oh, nice! And I was a brat and like wouldn't go to sleep during nap time because I knew she was in the building so <laughs> they would have to like go and get her because they wouldn't go to sleep but yeah no I had a fairly stable childhood I think being the baby I was always trying to be like the peacekeeper which you know? is funny that usually falls on the middle child um, well I, I think we both did it my brother for sure was a peacekeeper but I don't know did I you get along them, with your brother and your sister uh, yeah, my sister kind of treated me like I was her own little baby doll. So we got along pretty well. My brother, I bothered him. I was really annoying. And I remember one time I was like taunting him from the trampoline and he jumped on it and like shoved me off face first. Into oh. the dirt. So, I mean, but <laughs> for the most part, we got along. We just knew how to push each other's buttons. So. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I, I would think five years and that's a unique difference of age just because when you're getting like kind of establishing yourself as a person as a little well, I mean as a little kid but like yeah. you know like second third grade you get your friend group and stuff and yeah. he's like becoming a teenager right and then your older sister is already halfway through high school right so. I, I would always ask her to like wake me up when she got up so she could like do my hair so that's yeah. a nice thing to have it was <laughs> I, nice. I would imagine yeah <laughs> I, I did not require that as a child um, <laughs> Uh, so you grew up in Michigan, uh, your parents still together? No, they, um, they got a divorce shortly after I got engaged actually. Oh, so you were well out of school and and moved and okay. Yeah. Different experience. I think than what a lot of people are used to. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny. I talk to people that like one sibling will be, and I know like the whole family. So like one sibling, I've talked to them before and they were graduated and everything. And then the other one was like going into high school and like completely different different experience. It's just nuts how that one thing, depending on the person. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's gotta be different as an adult. I mean, I know my parents divorced when I was four, which I can't like fathom to some degree, but yeah. But thinking about it as an adult and like being in relationships and stuff, I'm like, yeah, shit doesn't work out sometimes. Right. <laughs> and it like sucks for the kids, but like still shit doesn't work out sometimes. Um, right. So anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> what's, uh, what's the awkward junior high years like, uh, find kind of finding yourself in your social circle. And I think I kind of met you 
I was going like to say it was probably around grade. the same time yeah. <laughs> that you came in. I don't know. I know I had a pleather jacket, <laughs> so I don't know if I really need to say any more. Enough said. <laughs> enough said. Uh, what were you, I mean, I, I have an idea, but I don't want to project anything on you. In high school, were you in like a kind of popular crowd? Were you? When did you start like? going to parties and stuff. Were you guys hanging out with older people? Cause I know Marla was hanging out with older people a lot. And... I wasn't so much. Um, some of my friends did for sure. And I think I would maybe talk to some on like AIM, you know? Oh my God. I loved it. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> the away message. messages and everything. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> um, but I didn't do a lot of hanging out with the older, the older guys, but I was, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I was, I was friends with some popular people but I wasn't like there I don't know I was friends with like different people as well yeah so how'd you how'd you do in school academically um I was smart in some areas and like I think I did pretty well in math up until um I actually got pregnant when I was 17 and so I didn't know that you didn't know I that. I didn't know that. No, I'm lying, serious. Really? I did not know that. Okay. You see? So, yeah. We learn I... things. Yes, we do. <laughs> you got to keep in um, mind, I was gone by then. I know. I didn't even think of that. And we didn't have social media, so it wasn't like you heard about it. Well, that so let's talk about that. What is that like? <laughs> I mean, um, I imagine there's a, a tragic beginning there, just having the realization at 17 where you're like, oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah and it, I don't know I was just real dumb and just thought that I could like sweep it under the rug and like not do anything about it and um until I got a really bad kidney infection the day before I was supposed to go to Miami with a friend for spring break with her family so I had to go to the hospital and they like did an ultrasound on my kidneys and um the doctor comes in and he's like I got I have to talk to Emily alone he's like you know you're four months pregnant right and I'm like yeah, I know. And he's like, well, you have to tell your parents. I'm like, nope. Was not it going to. denial? Were it you... was denial. I just uh. thought it would go away. I don't, I have like no plans. You're like there baby only comes out if you acknowledge it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it just goes away. Yeah. It just gets reabsorbed into your body. That's so, crazy. um, the doctor was like, well, I, you know, I hope you make the right decision and I'm going to send your mom in. So he sends my mom in and he's like, Emily needs to talk to you about something. And my mom's like, okay. And I was like, oh, you just, you know, wanted to know if I was sexually active and I'm not. And so the doctor comes back in and he's like, did you guys talk? And my mom's like, we don't keep secrets in this household. You know, she tells me everything. He's like, well, I see you still need to talk about some things and watch. (laughs) (laughs) So I did have to tell her, I guess it depended on, like he couldn't give me certain meds because I was pregnant so I had to I don't know I still don't know if that was actually legal but yeah yeah I'm trying to think of the legality of a 17 year old I don't know how that works you're right on the cusp there (laughs) right so I did not go to Miami um (laughs) really ruined spring break for me (laughs) really did really did um stayed home got yelled at by my dad um got broken up with by my boyfriend who got me pregnant in the first place <laughs> real real so, power move there good yeah, job yeah it was great good yeah. job guy 
So um, I ended up, I gave him up for adoption. I chose the family, went through an open adoption. And wow. I, I still don't know how I did that. There's a lot of things that I look back on. Like, I don't know how I did that, but I did it. And what can you, because I don't know, like, what does open adoption entail? So it can basically be however you set it up to be. It's, I chose the family. So that kind of is part of it. You know, I didn't, um, it wasn't like blind. Like I didn't know who was getting them. Like we sat down, I sat down with the parents. We talked, we kept in touch. Um, they were there in the hospital shortly after he was born. Um, and even to this day, I still talk to his parents. So what what is, what is that like? (laughs) It's kind of, so we actually, I got to meet him again. Um, right before I moved out here. So it would have been 2008 and he was still really young. And we just went to like a hands-on kids museum and I just kind of followed him around as he like played with stuff. So it wasn't like anything, you know, well, so he's like 19 now then, right? Yeah. He'll be, will he be 19 in September? That's crazy. He was born in 2002. So do the math. Yeah. 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 So she would always, you know, send me pictures and updates and it's all, it's been really great. Um, I think I got to a certain point where like, I didn't need the updates as much because I knew he was great. They were great. I was starting my life and, but totally at peace with it. So that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, I I think finding that, uh, finding that being able to keep in touch like that and then also being able to like let go uh-huh. while, while having that open connection. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that's, that's shows a lot of, I don't know what, <laughs> uh, like I said, I don't know how I've made it through half the things that I've been yeah. through, but yeah. it, especially cause like when I was going through it, my sister's like, you can't give up your baby. Like you can't even give up kittens when our cat has a litter of kittens. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you're right. Like, it's like, how am I going to do this? But, yeah. Yeah, I did it. That's that's amazing. So what does that look like then like the rest of high school and then is is college something that you put back on your radar at that point or what does that look like? Yeah. So 17 um I think I only took 2 weeks off before I had him and 2 weeks off after and my teachers were really, you know, great about it and let me, you know, make up work and but that's when I think I kind of fell behind a little bit like I I was in like an advanced math class and then I just like couldn't keep up as much I swear when you have kids they take a little piece of your brain out so I mean I think I still graduated decently and um did they let you stay at Clarkston oh yeah yeah I didn't get shipped off to wherever (laughs) strive or whatever it is right yeah Yeah. no they let me stay there and I even think back and I was like, did people like look at me weird? Did I get dirty? That's funny. Looks? I but... literally had no idea that that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't know if I was just oblivious. Like I was most of high school apparently, but, um, I also feel like I wasn't, I was nice to people. So people weren't really yeah. like mean about it, at least to my face, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you go to college right after that? 
Yeah, I went, um, since my mom worked at OCC, I got to go for two years for free. Oh, nice. And then I transferred to the Flint campus of U of M. So. And you are, got so, a social work degree, right? Yeah, I came out here for my master's in Did social you, work. Oh, what'd you get your bachelor's in? Um, clinical community psychology. Okay, so can we can we figure out where that desire came from? I definitely think that what I went through made me want to get into psychology. Um, and then I found out that you could do more with a master's in social work than a master's in psychology. Yeah. And actually the social worker at the hospital when I had my son was super helpful because um, the adoptive parents came like super early the morning after I had him and that was going to be like my only day with him, like our, our goodbye and everything. So we talked to the social worker and she asked them if they could leave, you know, politely. Yeah. So she was kind of like my hero. Like she, she was the go, go between and, you know, made it okay. So I was like, I want to do that. That's awesome. So you go to U of M and, mm-hmm. How long after you graduate there do you move out west? I think it was, let's see, like the summer after. Okay. I think so. Because it was 2008 that I came out here. What was college like? Did you still live at home when you went to U of M Flint? No, I had an apartment in Hidden Lakes. Oh my God. I had an apartment. I feel, I feel like everyone's lived there at some point <laughs> yeah. in their life. That's fun. So what's being like, what's it like being out on your own at that point? Like not being at home. I'm guessing you, I'm guessing you had some alone time at home after your siblings graduated. Um, yeah. I, it, after high school, I didn't stay home for very long. I just kind of, I talked to my parents about, you know, what I would need to be able to make it on my own, like yeah. with work and stuff. And I just kind of knew that's what I had to do. I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad or anything. And my yeah. parents were decently strict and, you know, so. Did the, the pregnancy, like, did that end up changing your social habits or friendship circles or like, did you find yourself more cautious around guys? I was disappointed by some friends yet you know, blown away by some friends. So it was definitely, it revealed a lot. Um, but also I, I feel like my parents were probably more lenient after that. They're like, if you could go through this, then you're yeah. probably going to be okay. You know, like, um, I know for sure I would, I would have never been able to go to Cancun for spring break, but yet they let me go. Cause they think they're like, you need to get away. Cause I, I was like, pretty depressed afterwards. Yeah. Um, I ended up talking to a counselor too. Cause I mean, obviously it was like, yeah, <laughs> a big deal. It's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, went to Cancun and I, I still feel like I was like decently responsible in Cancun, but, um, yeah, no, I, and I'm still friends with everyone, you know, my circle of friends that I was friends with in yeah. high school. Um, but it is different, like moving out to a different state and like creating your own friend group and not just based off of, oh, we go to the same high school, you live near me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, uh, 
I 100% agree with that statement. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about moving out there to Arizona. And you got your master's, mm-hmm. did you get it at Arizona State or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So you move out there. Do you have any friends out there when you move or is it just like, no, what makes I you was, pick Arizona? <laughs> I was, so I was dating someone at the time whose brother moved out here and we like helped him move out here. Okay. And I really liked it when I was out here. And then his brother was saying to him, you should move out here. And we were dating at the time and you always think it's going to be forever. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just look at, you know, master's programs out there, you know, just for shits and giggles. And, so I did, and I saw that you didn't have to do your GRE if you had, like, a GPA of, a, I forget what it was, or higher. Yeah. And so I applied, and I got in, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going. Nice. <laughs> and he didn't, I mean, he didn't come initially. And then I met people out here, and by the time he came to visit me, I was kind of over him. And yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> That's on him, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too slow. Yeah. Too slow. You will uh, develop your own individual was did you feel like that was a you really found yourself as an individual at oh, that yeah. point because you were yeah. completely on your own right you're making your own friends you're having your yeah. own place you're doing your own thing yeah that's got to be a nice thing and i think i identity. needed that yeah i think i needed that especially i don't know if it's a baby of the family type of thing but yeah i was just always like a people pleaser like just wanted to make everybody happy and like coming out here is like i i did it for me and i mm grew a lot I think so yeah that's good (laughs) Um, yeah hey guys I wanted to jump right in here in the middle and just let you know if you are enjoying this episode it would mean so much to me if you could either write a review rate it uh, let a friend know anything like that all of that helps the podcast uh, achieve the goals that we're trying to do here so I really appreciate it and back to the interview what how are you through your master's program when you first get diagnosed with cancer? Yeah. So what's, yeah, because well, what's uh, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to I try to stay in some chronological order. I won't. But, right, not skip around. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, what's so? What's the rest of? Your... Yeah, there wasn't like a whole lot in between. I mean, I got my master's in 2010. The program that I did um, was the child welfare program. So I had to work for the state. I worked for CPS for two years because they helped with school. I hear that is very difficult. So hard. (laughs) It was so hard. hard. I was like knocking on doors and taking children. Yeah. That's little old me. Like, hello. Yeah. I hear it's it's like emotionally draining and Mm -hmm. uh, can be very like. Uh, violent and and like scary not safe yeah Yeah. we like if we knew that um someone was known to be aggressive or have firearms we would call you know the police to meet us there but the police would be like we're standing to the side you knock on the door Mm. we're like okay we have nothing (laughs) yeah so i did that for two years and then let's see 2012 yeah and then i got married in 2013 had Reagan in 2014 and then the following year she was about a year old when I got cancer the first time so what uh where'd you meet your husband how'd you meet him um I actually met him shortly after I moved out here I moved into an apartment complex um met like a group of friends and I kind of started dating one of them 
but I had met Matt. I like knew of him, you know, thought he was good looking, whatever, but he was like, he kind of hung out with them. But then I knew him for three years before I actually started dating him. So it's the best way to do it, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> you get to know them at out. like, there's the no pressure to get to know them. Yeah, at you a got distance. To, yeah, it's like, exactly. I know who you are. Yeah. So, you are yeah. safe now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then can I, I'm so curious about the two years CPS stuff just cause yeah. like, uh, I mean, what, where does the desire come from where you're still like fueled to work in that environment after seeing some of that stuff? Like what, what, are, I, I guess like, where's the, where's, where's that deep place in your, like in your heart or in your mind where you're like social work, like where, how does that fuel you and how do you like re-energize yourself after those draining days like that? Um, if I'm being completely honest, like I, I don't think I ever really wanted to do CPS. It was more of a necessity because that was the program and I helped with school, but, um, I was friends with people who were in that program and then we all did CBS together. So we had each other oh, yeah. a little community, and we also drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, happy hours were yeah. pretty regular. So, I mean, that was, I don't know how else we could have coped. I mean, yeah, counseling would have been probably important, but <laughs> they just kind of like threw us in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, go on crazy. in. I've talked yeah. to a couple of people that have done that and I just, I can't even imagine. And the, and yeah. the, the horror stories I've heard from, from some of the incidents. And... I think that's why they like kind of get you when you're young and like naive. Yeah. Cause I couldn't do it now. Like oh, I yeah. know too much. I just, I feel like I would like hit people for <laughs> what they do to kids, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. why, that's why they get the little ones. <laughs> yeah. Smaller they you are, the better. You when you're young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, gotcha. So you get married. Um, mm-hmm. You have your first kid. Can you walk me through that? Like what that's like, I'm sure there's, there's gotta be some triggering flashes to your 17 and yeah. Um, I mean, what, what does that look like? How, what are you going through there mentally and, and how do you feel about the whole thing? Well, I don't think I was ever one of those people that was like, Oh, I just, I love all kids. Like, <laughs> All the kids, just give me all the kids. Let's you know? be honest. And some people's kids are ugly. Okay, there right, I said it. They are. It's, <laughs> it's a fact. So <laughs> when I had my son and had to say goodbye, I think I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm gonna need to do this again, and I'm gonna need to not say goodbye next time, you know. So it was, yeah. I, it made me realize, like, oh, I, I really want to be a mom, you know. Yeah. So I think I was just like super excited to find out that I was pregnant because I knew awesome. that I was in a in a situation, you know, stable situation where I could you know give her a good life and so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's cool that you found that desire still or even more so maybe yeah to, to want to be a mom so yeah so then she's born mm-hmm. how how amazing is that <laughs> pretty amazing <laughs> it was pretty great <laughs> yeah I. Uh, I have so many fears, I guess. Not, mm-hmm. not like fears where I'm like, oh, I will never be a parent, but like, oh man, that's what do you do with this thing for like the first <laughs> year? It's just yeah, <laughs> you keep them alive. That's yeah, that's what you do. So I hear, I hear you just figure it out. I don't know. We'll see. There's like no uh, training. It's yeah. 
crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seems wrong. Well, then you said after a year, that's when you get your first diagnosis with cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, How's... and I found <laughs> I found a lump because um, I had breastfed Reagan for a year. So I think I was just like used to, you know, just feeling around to make sure everything's yeah. okay. And I was like, oh, that's that doesn't feel normal, you know. So I go to my doctor and they're like, oh, it's probably just like a milk duct or something that's acting up, but we'll send you to this breast surgeon just to look at it a little bit, you know, deeper. And so he even did an ultrasound. He's like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. What do you think? Should we do a biopsy? And I was like, I, he I asked you what you think? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> So last minute, he decided to do a biopsy. He's like, I'm going to fall out of my chair if this is cancer. So, of course, it takes longer than they said it was going to. It was like over a weekend. And they called me and they're like, we're going to need you to come in. And I'm like, that wasn't part of the plan. You never told me I was going to have to come back in, you know. So I came in and he said, remember when I said I would fall out of my chair if this was cancer? He's like, well, I should be falling out of my chair right now. And he's like, but we sent it for further testing. I'm sure you'll just need like a lumpectomy and like we'll be done. And so it came back that it was more aggressive than what he would have thought. And he's like, I'm just going to (laughs) stop like presuming things, you know, I'm just going to stop. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, probably a good idea. Where was your head at when all this is going down and you have Um, a one-year-old and (laughs) I don't think. I don't think that my I let my mind ever go to like what's gonna happen to me. It was more like just dealing with what's next. Yeah. So um, this is gonna sound so superficial, but like my initial grief was over knowing that I was gonna lose all my hair because as mm. as a female, it's like a big deal. Yeah. And I don't think that's superficial. <laughs> a big part of your identity and then the next wave of grief was when I went to the oncologist and they said well you should freeze your eggs and I'm like well why he's like because you're not going to be able to have kids after this after chemo and that was huge I that never was thought like, about that yeah that yeah. was huge so um just like waves of grief and then just I don't know, feeling like a zombie during treatment. And, but yeah, I don't think I ever, even this, well, this last time, maybe a little bit more than the first time, but the first time it was like, this is, you know, treatable. It wasn't like in the earliest stages, but it was still like, no one ever talked like, we're not going to be able to get this. It was like, this is what we're going to do. And it's going to be, that's good. We're going to take care of it. So I don't know if that was just doctors kind of telling me what I wanted to hear. Because yeah. even now, even after having it a second time, I feel like there's things that they haven't said. You know, like it, the fact that you've had it twice doesn't look so good. or yeah. You know what I mean? Like no what one's What stage there. was it the first time? Uh, 2B. Okay. So I didn't realize there were sub-stages. Yeah, Damn. I know. I know. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Should have done my research more. Um, what? You're not an oncologist. You know, I tried the program and I just I couldn't get past the English credit. Um, <laughs> so, I I mean I guess that's nice and and 
I imagine you had an amazing support system. Yeah. Uh, and, and do you, you don't have any history of that with your family, I'm assuming. So no, I, I have two great aunts that have had it, but they don't consider that a family yeah. history. So, yeah, it was kind of out of left field for me. So how, Being as young as I am, too, with the type of breast cancer that it was. So, How long are you, well, I don't want to jump around too much. You have mm-hmm. another child, don't you? Do you have two kids? I have two more. Oh, you have two more kids. Two so more did kids. you freeze your eggs? <laughs> Froze 17 eggs, oh, I wow. think, and still got pregnant on her own without <laughs> trying. <laughs> still Both paying those storage fees on those eggs? <laughs> I actually am. Because I have to go and actually get it notarized that I want to get rid of them. Wow. And I haven't done that yet. Yeah, and that is, that's another process I am unfamiliar with. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Yeah. And I like I had talked about wanting to donate them in the fertility doctor was like no offense but uh no one's gonna want your eggs i'm like duly noted all right <laughs> real bummer of a doc yeah uh, yeah let me tell you what uh how how old is or how what's the age difference between your first and your second reagan is six and jackson is two and a half okay so it was it was a while yeah uh, and how long were you in remission before four years happened? So in that yeah. four years, you had him. Uh-huh. And then... And then the second time that I found out I had cancer, I was pregnant with Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and during all this, where what are you doing like for work with your degree and your, your job? <laughs> um. So... When I got married, I was working for hospice of the Valley out here as a medical social worker. And then when I had Reagan, I kind of took a break. I wasn't working for a little bit. And then I started doing um, some part-time work at the hospital and for um, a children's attorney doing like home studies and stuff. Um, Then I got diagnosed and went through treatment and I was still doing part-time at the hospital and then when I was in remission I went back to hospice of the valley and that's where I've been since um 2016 I think did the second time when your cancer came back was that more like aggressive with the same stage like no they wouldn't stage it they just called it I I don't um, know how that works (laughs) yeah just came back yeah they didn't stage it so um but this time they wanted to kind of get after it more aggressively so i the first time i didn't do radiation and this time i did chemo and radiation but the first time i had a bilateral mastectomy so that usually wow yeah usually uh usually doesn't come back after that, the bud, but... yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a question as to whether or not the surgeon who kept saying those stupid things um, was aggressive enough with the tissue that he took. Yeah. But it's not something that I'm willing to really go after somebody for, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, there's, and I, I, again, I'm projecting my own shit here, but I feel like there's, uh, you want to blame somebody, right? I think it's yeah. like human nature that you, you need to blame. It's like, it's why we have shit like QAnon, right? Like we need yeah. to blame 
somebody for something. Um, right. Because if there's not a person to blame, then like, what does that mean? What do we do with that? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, like I had, I had hernia surgery and like the aftercare was terrible. Yeah. Like drove to the doctor in Flint uh, while like holding my wound closed. Like. Oh my gosh. I, was, I just had a terrible experience and like for a long time I was like, I'm going to sue him. I'm going to sue him. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. No. <laughs> like, and I, I might have, could have, like, but like, do I want to? Do I want to go through all that shit? Are you gonna feel good about that after? Like, I, that's kind of. I was very I... apathetic at the time. I probably wouldn't have cared. But <laughs> I think like the real deterrent for me at that point was like, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to find a lawyer and then figure out yeah. like how to even do this. Uh, and now looking back, I'm like, I was also just wanting to go after somebody for feeling so shitty yeah (laughs) makes sense i know i've um wanted to write a letter to the surgeon for so long just saying like hey it came back this is what i've gone through like don't make this mistake on someone else and i think maybe that would be good for me therapeutically but to not send it you know yeah that's a great practice but yeah yeah i've I, i love journaling letters to... yeah <laughs> it, it gets i feel like it just gets it out yeah um it's gotta it's yeah. gotta get out somehow you know it's it's like saying healthy. something out loud to a therapist uh mm-hmm. like I've, I've had those where like i've been saying the same thing to myself for years and then i say it out loud to someone and i'm like why am i sobbing now this doesn't <laughs> what happened here yeah uh, it's pretty it's magical yeah it really is you just get get it out um yeah so Working, I, I this is this is the somewhat organically way we'll get into my question. I wrote. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious. So, you work at Hospice of the Valley, which, by the way, <laughs> I watched a video you posted about that. Uh, I don't know, a month ago or something. Yeah. And thanks a lot. I was crying <laughs> half the time. So good. Oh my it's god. One of my, be- one of my best friends is a social worker in the video. Oh my. I god. brought her over to hospice. But yeah, so good. Yeah, it is a. Uh, I'm sure people can find it online. It is, yeah. it, it is, hard. it's touching. I mean, it's, it's uh-huh. nice. It's just like heartbreaking. Um, That's like, but I, I work with all those people and there's more of more people that are just like that and have hearts just like that. And yeah, it's pretty cool. So I guess my lead in to this question is, did you ever, when you were going through, cancer stuff twice now uh, mm-hmm. like were there any any time where you like really got down and and thought about like a worst case scenario and like kind of played through that in your mind at all or was it was it just like remain positive um i think the second time around kind of I went down a little bit, not like all the way. And for sure, I think um, chemo in and of itself made me depressed. Yeah. Just chemically, I think, you know, there's no way to avoid that. I think this last time I reached out to you too, when you were to do this, when you were doing chemo and you're like, yeah, not going to happen. It's just... (laughs) I, yeah, like, I feel like during chemo, I just don't even have a personality, Yeah, you know, it just strips everything. Um, and I'm just like in survival mode. So, um, yeah, I think it was, 
most of my fear was waiting for the results the second time because I thought to myself, I think a lot of people have that fear of the unknown and that's definitely a thing, but my fear of the known, I I had already been there and I knew that it was going to be bad. And, um, but again, I think once I am in treatment and actively, you know, aggressively getting after the cancer, I, I feel better because I'm doing something about it. Honestly, it's, it's almost more scary, more scary when you're not in treatment because it's like, okay, like, let's, let's see what happens. (laughs) What, how do you talk to your kids about it? Um, so Reagan's the only one that can sort of understand. We talked a lot more to her about it the second time around trying to explain cancer to a six year old is a little difficult. You know, we said something that's growing in your body. That's not supposed to be there. It can make you sick. And, um, there were times when I was in treatment that she would start crying and say, I don't want you to leave me, you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah. Just things that she probably heard that we didn't realize she heard or, you know, um, so we had to be pretty mindful of still, you know, making things special for her, still celebrating, still having special time with her and yeah. Reassuring her that I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can't even imagine. Um, but so, Here's what I was going to ask you, just because mm-hmm. you work in hospice, which yeah, another thing that I can't even fathom. <laughs> um, it's just like that. It, it's end of life care, right? Like mm-hmm. it's and uh, you're dealing with that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, given that you have gone through two bouts of breast cancer, mm-hmm. and you work in hospice, like mm-hmm. how has your your views and your thoughts and feelings about like death in general changed or developed over the last like 10 years. Cause I imagine that has those experiences and that job has to have some effect on that. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. I honestly think, so I took like one of the best classes I think I've ever had. It was a death and dying class in my master's degree program. We had to like, we had to write our own obituaries and that made everybody cry. But even then, I had no idea what it would be like to face something like that. Yeah. If we, you know, the reality of that. You, well, yeah, I don't think you know until you, you do it, right? No. Like, hopefully. But honestly, I, I feel like being in a hospice, it, it makes me enjoy life more. I mean, yeah. that, you know, along with being through what I went through. I don't know. I just like, I enjoy the little things more. I, yeah. I love listening to people's stories. There's same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, no. um, there was one incident shortly after I started back in 2016 where it was a younger patient who had just died from breast cancer was married, had a daughter, and I like called my supervisor and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. Like yeah. it was it was rough. And I think we all 
if it's not something that you're, you know, seeing yourself in, it's you're seeing your grandparent or you're seeing your parent or someone, you know, and you loved that you see that person, you know, and, and your patient. Um, but that's what it was for me. But since then, I don't know, I've, I've had patients with breast cancer. I, I'm fortunate enough to mostly have patients who are older and at peace with death. And, you know, they've said I've lived an amazing life. I'm ready for this. It's the families that, you know, mostly need the support then. And that's what I'm there for. So, and honestly, I almost feel like it's a little secret that I have when they're talking about treatments they've been through or, you know, things like that, where I can, I can relate, but I don't, usually share my story unless I think it's going to be beneficial to them. But I think it does help me understand them a little bit more. Um, You touched on something that another little bullet point that I wrote down, um, which is, is gratitude. And it sounds like you've kind of found ways to be more grateful uh, for for things in your life as small or large. Um, Do you have any like, best practices to share as far as like finding that gratitude and showing it. Um, I mean like my wife and I, sometimes when we're going to bed, we tell each other like throughout the day, what we're, we're grateful for, for the day. That's awesome. Um, just a little like gratitude. Cause you have to, or you will just forget about the little small yeah. things. Right. So I yeah. wonder given your, your job and your experience um, and how you touched on like the little things earlier, like do you have things that you do purposefully um to kind of show gratitude or have gratitude for things? Um, I can't think of Like, I don't write anything down. I don't have, like, a certain practice. I just, I know the things um, that really bring me joy, and I try to incorporate that yeah. as much as I can. You know, like, even if it's, I love planting gardens. I can't do it right now because I have a puppy who destroys everything, but like just seeing You're like, I already have grow. three kids. Let's get a puppy. I know. That was a bad idea. But um, yeah. yeah, just seeing things grow, I think, including my kids just every day. It's just, I yeah, I don't have an actual practice, but I, I think I do just um, recognize it more, yeah. you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I found that I have a lot. Uh, I, f- I have a lot of peace in nature, which yeah. sounds super hippie, and I don't like saying it. I but love I, it. I love it. I started kayaking last year, uh-huh. and this then I like I was renting a kayak at Independence Oaks, and then I, uh-huh. I uh, created a savings account to specifically Yay! just like throw twenty dollars in every week or whatever. So when April came this year, I could buy two kayaks for me and Erica. That's awesome. I don't know when she'll go with me, but, and then I got to go on Easter. I, I went out for the first time this year in my new kayak. And it's just like, there's something perfect about silence, like on the water oh, yeah. and then, and just like wind through the reeds. And I just, uh-huh. I, I love it. And I don't know what it is, but like in those moments, I'm like this, these are the things I want to like, for sure, hold dear and fight and be grateful for. And, Have um, you seen soul? We just watched it like two days ago. Because that that movie made me cry. The part where he's like sitting on the stoop and like observing nature and just seeing little interactions. Because you just did it. I don't know what they're called. They're these. Yeah. With my finger. Well, uh, spinning. uh, We we call them helicopters. 
Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, not like what they're actually called, but I, I'm, right. as a kid, I feel like you call them so many different things. Propellers, I think I called them when I was a kid. Oh, um, gosh. But, I um, feel like I call them helicopters. Yeah. I they do look like cool. helicopters. They just, do. And I feel like everyone knows what we're talking about just by saying Yeah. That. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that, that was a really, really great movie. And that's a perfect message to get from that. Mm-hmm. Um, we... <laughs> The other little thing I had a bullet pointed on here, which I don't know. So something I'm obsessed with that I wonder if it comes up in hospice care is, is legacy uh-huh. and like kind of what you leave behind. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm going through this thing where I'm like, that's of all my stupid ego driven validation things. Like that's one I don't want to let go of. Cause I, you know, I just want to leave something behind where like, I don't want to be, one of the billions of names that's just forgotten in a hundred years. Right. Which sounds right. egotistical to some degree, but that's fine. I, I invented electricity. Did you not know that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. I, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. Um, so I, I'm just wondering being around people that are, const- you know, in the end of life area, if that's mm-hmm. something that that's discussed, like, do you guys have like death doulas and stuff come and, we don't call them death doulas i'm not sure what it's a thing role that is okay (laughs) because i feel like we are kind of our death doulas but um going back to your legacy um one thing that we try to fill out especially for our patients who have dementia we use um the family members to help answer some of the questions but it's like you know, what's your name? What's your nickname? Where were you born? What did you do for a living? Um, one of the next questions is what do you want to be remembered for? Because we want to honor them even if they're not able to talk to us anymore because, you know, a lot of people with dementia might not be able to, but like even knowing their favorite foods, drinks, music, what do you like to watch on TV? What do you still, what still brings you joy? And it's this, one sheet that we try to fill out and then it's in our system so that when the certified nursing assistants are there to try, try to bathe them, they can try to incorporate some of that stuff just to connect with them a little bit. Like anyone who walks in can have that connection. So it's funny that you should say that legacy thing because that is one of the questions. And I think honestly, it should be a question that's asked of everyone, not just people who have dementia. So yeah, Yeah, it's it's super important. I, (laughs) I, I, oh, you're fine. I, I don't have kids. So like, you know, that seems like an automatic thing. Like assuming you're not like a shit parent, like you have some sort of legacy left behind with your kids. But yeah. then like, I don't know. I feel like I want to like write a few books or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's something I, I, I would read it constantly. Think if about. you wrote it, I'm writing. I don't know what else. Did I skip over anything you want to talk about? I don't think so. I tried to cover bases. You did. You did a good job. And even some that you didn't even know you should cover. Yeah. Well, that works out. I, yeah. It still blows my mind that, yeah, I didn't know that you were pregnant in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I was I was gone by then. and. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for doing this. It was You're so welcome. good talking to you. And I, I was very much looking forward. I was actually nervous to talk to you, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, well, I was nervous, but then I was like, because I was telling, I was telling my brother about it. I'm like, 
I'm nervous, but I know that I shouldn't be because Justin's really cool and I know that he's really funny and he'll keep the conversation going even when I'm like awkward. So yeah, I'm all about keeping the conversation going and And I'm all about being awkward. (laughs) Hey, I wanted to do something that I wasn't, you know, super comfortable with, you know, well, I'm going to push yourself. I'm glad you chose me. Um, (laughs) I am curious. What was the, uh, the catalyst for you sending the message you're like okay i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) i don't it was just like eating at me i'm like you know you should do it because i don't so yeah no i was like don't be such a baby like just do it do something that brings you out of your comfort zone you know yeah well i'm super glad that you did and i was happy to get that message and uh maybe well i feel honored that you would even want to well duh yeah (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, and I'm glad you're doing well, right? Everything's good. Well, and... yeah, I'm, and <laughs> let's see, April 22nd, I have a follow-up CT scan because my last one had like a nodule on my lung that they think was just from COVID, but we'll see if it. Oh, you got COVID too? Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Skipped oh over that. <laughs> November, I got COVID. Oh, get this though. So. I did chemo, then radiation. Part of my treatment was I had to do infusions for a full year every three weeks. It wasn't technically chemo, but it was still like two different medications. And I finished up that, you know, infusion on a Tuesday. And by Friday, I had COVID. (laughs) It was just, I mean, it was laughable at that point. It was like, really? It's just. Are you yeah. able to like get the vaccine and everything though? Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna well. say. <laughs> that's crazy. Being in healthcare, especially. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe yeah. that's. Well, you're a trooper, Em. Well, thanks. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm glad crazy, you're crazy. hopefully healthy now. Well, okay, I'm gonna go to bed. All right. You Sorry have fun for with your. You up. Oh, not at all. I, if there's ever a reason to stay up, this is it. Yeah. Um, yeah, have fun with your kids and puppy. And Thank you. <laughs> hopefully talk to you soon, and I want to hear good news in a few weeks. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right. You just listened to my interview with Emily. Oh, my gosh. Uh, see, I told you you wouldn't be disappointed. This is this was so much fun. And, like, I, yeah, I, zero idea. I love she – you guys, I wish you could have seen her face. When I told her I didn't know that she was pregnant in high school, she she did not believe that I was. She thought I was being nice instead of honest. And <laughs> I really, I had no idea. You know, I had graduated. I was in my own world at that point. Um, and, and it's crazy. And and the the stuff that it takes to uh, not only give up a child but remain in that child's life as part of an open adoption. I mean, I can't I can't even begin to imagine. And, and it's just a, like the beginning part of all the the bravery and confidence and goodwill that she has uh, throughout her multiple bouts with cancer and uh, then getting COVID in the middle of like getting another cancer diagnosis. What the hell? I'm also very happy to report, uh, you might have heard there at the end that she had one CT scan to get done before she was in the clear. And you guys, she got that done last week. She is in the clear uh, Emily is healthy, as healthy as all of us right now, I guess, and and that is the best news ever. So 
my heart and my love and my thanks go out to Emily for uh, picking up her phone and saying, let's do the interview. I was super excited. And to all of you for listening. Remember that you can support this podcast. Uh, it's desperately needed at uh, patreon.com slash friend request pod, or you can just go to our Instagram page at friend request pod and check the link tree in the bio to get anywhere you need to go. Uh, there's t-shirts available now. There's, uh, like I said, the Patreon and you guys have come out of the woodwork on that stuff. I, within the first day, uh, the, the people that have signed up for Patreon and the people that have ordered t-shirts, like, I love you guys so much for doing that. Like next month for the first time I ever, I think you guys will help me pay for the podcast, which is, you have no idea, uh, how grateful I am The it's just overwhelming. I do a gratitude practice and, uh, this has been on that list for, uh, this entire week. I'm so, so thankful Thank you so much. Please tell a friend, continue to support the show. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week.